Thank you for joining us for another lesson from God's Word. The West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence is located at 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest, Huntsville, Alabama, 35806. Anytime you're in the Huntsville area, we hope you'll stop in and be part of our worship. Sunday morning worship is at 9 o'clock, with Bible class immediately following. Sunday evening worship is at 5. Midweek Bible study is held Wednesdays at 7. Our scripture reading this evening comes from Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even a death on the cross. Please be seated. Pride, a five-letter word, easy definition, haughtiness, arrogance, to have a swollen estimate of one's own powers, to look down on others. Now, those things are not good, but they're not stealing. I see no thievery at all in here. I see no fornication in here. I see no bad sins in here. Let's bow for prayer. Father, help us to adopt the mind of Christ, to know what sin is, to evict it from our lives, to walk in the light with him. We pray through Christ. Amen. In the book of Esther, Haman was a man that was one who knew what he wanted. He wanted more than he had. He was a prince, but he wanted to be more than a prince. So he was appointed by his master, Ahasuerus, or Xerxes in civil language, to be the chief of princes. And oh, he was happy. Because with that came the order from the king to bow down to Haman when you pass by, or when he passed by. And all of the king's service did that except one, his name was Mordecai. And Haman hated Mordecai. Haman determined he was going to get at Mordecai in somehow, in some fashion. So he went to the king and he said, I have 10,000 talents of silver. I'm going to give you, if you'll give me permission to destroy Mordecai. And the king said, good. And he gave him his signet ring. That is the authority. He gave them the authority to make decisions on this matter. He would call me to his side for a number of weeks now. I can't go into him because I might get killed. But Mordecai argued with her. And he said, you might get killed too. All of us will. The Jews will be annihilated. You must go. She thought about it. Decided to go. She said, if I perish, I perish. Meanwhile, Haman is building a gallows. Why is he doing it? 75 feet high. Why is he doing that? Because he hates Mordecai. Haman is building the gallows. I don't know who I said, but it's Haman. He hates Mordecai. He's going to hang Mordecai on that gallows, on those gallows. That is his intent. At a banquet... The king heard of Haman's wickedness. A eunuch came and he said, 
Here's what's going to happen. The king said, what? You see, what had just happened is that Haman had come in and the king had asked him how he would honor a man if he wanted to honor him. And Haman told him, and he said, I want you to do that to Mordecai. Dress him in royal robes, put him on a horse I've ridden, and lead him down the street in a parade that almost killed Haman. But he did it. He had to do it because the king told him to. But the eunuch came in and said, that gallus there is from Mordecai. And the king said, hang Haman on that gallus. Pride? Haman had a lot of pride and did a lot of evil things from that pride. Murder is not pride, but murder results in pride. We must be very, very careful how we handle our pride. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 25 says, The Lord will destroy the house of the proud, but he will establish the boundary of the widow. Proverbs 16, 5. Everyone proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though they join forces, none will go unpunished. And then a very common passage, Proverbs 16, 18, found also in the New Testament, pride goes before destruction and the haughty spirit before a fall. The Bible is full of proud people. And they're never blessed by God in their pride. Go to the book of Daniel and you'll find another proud man. His name was Belshazzar. Belshazzar was like most rich people, most authoritative people. He was king of that empire. And he loved to have parties. And he threw a party, a big party one night, uh, several days probably. He had all sorts of wines. He had great great people. He had folks on the stage with him. He was having a time of his life. He was a proud man. But he made a drastic mistake. He called for the vessels that his grandfather, Nebuchadnezzar, had taken from Jerusalem And had them brought in, and he was drinking wine from those cups, those golden cups. That was not good. The time of his life, and then, you know the story. The fingers of a man's hand appeared and began to write on the wall. Can you imagine? The Bible says his joints were loosed, his hips were loosed, and his knees knocked together. He was, the, he was the most powerful man on earth. But now his pride had trapped him. And he could not control himself. Daniel 5 verse 20. Daniel is brought in. Queen Mother had said, there's a man here that can tell you what that word means. Those words mean on the wall. He came in and began to preach to Belshazzar. Not an easy thing to do. How would you like to go into a head of state and tell him bad things he did? Anyway, in Daniel chapter, well, let me read what uh, the queen mother said. Daniel chapter 5, verse 11. O king, there's a man in your kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy God. He has wisdom like the wisdom of the gods. Belshazzar said, go get him. Because none of his men could tell him what was written on the wall. Now, Daniel's sermon to him, beginning in verse 20, 
He's talking about Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar's grandfather. When his heart was lifted up and his spirit was hardened in pride, he was deposed from his kingly throne. He was sent out into the fields. He grazed with the oxen and with the donkeys. Dew fell on his back. His nails grew and hair grew all over his body. That's what happened to your grandfather. And you know about this. You, his son, Belshazzar, have not humbled your heart, although you knew all this, and you have lifted yourself up against the Lord of heaven. You brought in these vessels, holy vessels, and you've drunk wine from them. Praise the gods of gold, silver, brass, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. We make the mistake sometimes of thinking that so long as we don't violate somebody else, as long as we don't kill somebody or do something evil toward them, we're all right. What goes on up here is nobody's business. That is mine. It doesn't matter what I think and what I do up here. Pride lives up here. It can't be wrong, but it's terribly wrong. You realize some of the wrath of, the wrath of God has been poured out on some sins that didn't hurt anybody. Nadab and Abihu didn't hurt anybody when they offered strange fire before the Lord. Ananias and Sapphira didn't hurt anybody when they lied about the amount of money they got and gave from the sale of property. But all those were false worship. False worship. And God hated it. And he put them to death because of that. Daniel goes on to say, And God who holds your breath in his hand and owns all your ways, you have not glorified. Then the fingers of the hand were sent from him and this writing was written. You have been weighed, numbered, and divided. Here's what Belshazzar didn't know. Belshazzar is scared to death. But he didn't know that the Persian army had divided the portion of the Euphrates River that ran through Babylon, the city of Babylon, had divided it, and the channel was dry. He didn't know that. He didn't know that the priest of Marduk had opened the river gate to let an enemy in. He didn't know that the gates of the river, from the river up to the city on both sides had been opened. No guards were there. They were probably having a feast. He didn't know that enemy Persian troops were advancing now in the city of Babylon. Unseen, undeterred. He didn't know that in a very short time his life would be taken and the entire empire would fall into the hands of Cyrus. One word, pride, caused all of these things to happen. I love the book of Obadiah. One chapter and we read it and come away shaking our heads and say, don't have any idea what that means, but just think about it a moment. A vision of Obadiah. And here's what the vision is in verse 2. I will make you small among nations. Who? Edom. Petra is the great city of Eden, Edom. 
It is a beautiful city. You've probably seen pictures of it. We're digging into it now, trying to uncover it. It was on a trade route. It was in a desert with plenty of water. They knew how to do that. And it was situated so that it was cut off from the world. There were narrow pathways into it with high cliffs. Nobody could invade it because only three or four soldiers abreast could march in. And there were guys up there like eagles watching for that. And they could pour out flammable tar, pitch or whatever, and burn up anybody that came through down there. A huge army couldn't get in. Edom, we can't be destroyed. Nobody can do anything to us. We're powerful. We're rich. Plenty of money. A great army that we don't need. We just need a few men. We can take care of this matter. They were a proud people. Sometimes when I watch the news, I become frightened at various countries. I hear their leaders speak with great pride. They don't know what they're talking about. I don't care what country it is. Don't know what they're talking about because God is in charge and we cannot afford to brag about what God is going to do because we don't know what, no, brag about what we're going to do because we don't know what God is going to do. How terrible. Listen to uh, what is said of, of these people. God says in verse 2 of Obadiah, Behold, I will make you small among the nations. You shall be greatly despised. Why? They have tons of wealth. They're well protected, well respected. The pride of your heart has deceived you, you who dwell in the clefts of the rock. There you are, the soldiers up there, and also the people later on in other places who dwelt high, whose habitation is high. For you say in your heart, who will bring me down to the ground? Though you ascend as high as an eagle, and though you set your nest among the stars, from there will I bring you down, says the Lord. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we don't get so high that God can't bring us down. We don't get that high. When we start thinking we do, our, our pride is way too big. We need to get rid of it and move on. Well, what happened? How in the world was this little country taken? It was easy. She had a lot of traders coming through there. And the Nabataeans dealt with them all the time, but the Nabataeans were their friends. They thought. But the Nabataeans planned an event near the border of their place. And, and man, I mean, they went over there to attend this event. It was a great party, I assume, a great banquet, and left their city, their place wide open. Where are the guards? They're at an event. The Nabataeans brought them out by invitation. Come on over and be with us. We're going to have fun. And you better believe they had fun. All the men of your confederacy shall force you to the border. The men at peace with you shall deceive you, prevail against you. Those who eat your bread shall lay a trap for you. No one is aware of it. 
wouldn't you hate to be that dumb? But yet, sometimes we are. Sometimes we say, this is great. And it's a trap. Satan sets a trap for us. We find ourselves in terrible, terrible situations. The Apostle Paul wrote in Romans of the degradation of society. He talks about covetousness, maliciousness, people who are full of envy, murder, deceit, strife, evil-mindedness, their whispers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice these things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of them that practice them. Wow. I love the scripture Brother Cowden read a while ago that we must adopt the mind of Christ. Let's look at some practical applications. Moses says to God, send someone else. We sometimes use that to define something that it isn't. We use that to define a person who is lowly and meek. No, Moses was not lowly and meek there. Moses wasn't saying, I can't do it. He said, I don't want to do it. Get somebody else. Moses, with a prideful heart, said, I'm not going to do it. Get somebody else. Several years later, you know what happened? Moses sent 40 spies into Canaan. Or 12 spies, I'm sorry, into Canaan, 40 days. They came back and two of them said, let's go. Let's take the land. Ten of them said, no, no, we can't do that. A big ruckus followed. And they were saying, let's appoint a new leader and go back to Egypt. Moses, meek Moses, fell on his face. Why? Because he thought he would be deprived of his leadership. No, no. If God had come and said, Moses, I'm going to retire you because you've been through enough. God was, uh, Moses would say, thank you, God. It was not that he loved his position. It was just they were rejecting God. And he fell on his face. And we don't have one recorded word that he said. But God stepped in and took care of it. There's David. On his rooftop, she said, he said, she's mine. I'm king. And I'll do as I please. But later... Proud David turned humble and he said, God, throw me in the vat filled with chemicals. Walk on me. Beat me with a fuller's rod until I'm clean of my iniquity. Humility, not pride. Saul of Tarsus walks into the high priest. Sir, Give me authority and permission to go to Damascus to arrest and bind Christians and bring them here for trial and execution. Here you go, Saul. Thank you, sir. I'm out of here. About 200 miles later, he saw the light. He didn't know what it was. He knew it blinded him. 
but it was no longer proud Paul, proud Saul. It became meek Saul. Who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus, whom you're persecuting. Jesus, Jesus. Did you say Jesus? I hate you. I mean, I did. You're an imposter. At least I thought you were. You're dividing Judea. I don't understand this. Another denomination of Judah. No, no. Who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus. Lord, what will you have me to do? What else could a good man say? Well, today, it's almost a whimper. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We don't like that. When I say we, I'm talking about generally. We don't like to think of ourselves as being poor in spirit. That's too humbling. We know what we need to know. We feel like we want to feel. We're as big as we want to be. And getting bigger. That's so very, very important to us. But that's not Jesus' way. That is our way. And it doesn't work. We need to look for God's way. And if it seems humbling to us, that's good. We need to be humbled. I remember a Bonanza movie I saw. Little Joe and Hoss. You know, I hate to say this, but they could find the prettiest women I've ever seen in my life. And they found they found these girls that didn't know what a cotton bowl was. Couldn't wash a dish. Just came out of the beauty shop that didn't exist those days. Had on the most colorful dress I've ever seen. Anyway, little Joe brought one of them to the corral where he was breaking horses. And she's sitting up on the fence, admiring him, of course. That's what he wanted. And then he comes over to her after he doesn't get thrown off the horse to get her praise. And she said, what are you doing that for? He said, well, I'm training this horse to do what I want him to do. You, you want him to do what you want him to do. That's right. I want him to obey me. What if he doesn't want to do that? Well, that's what he's supposed to do. In other words, he will not be a free horse after this. You're right. I got him out on the range. And, and then this woman made this statement. I, never, I wrote it down. I never will forget it. He is no longer free to do what he wants but he is useful. That is the very definition of meekness I ever heard. The opposite of pride. The opposite of what we want to be. We want to be what God wants. We should want to be what God wants us to be, but no, no, I want to be what I want to be. I want to have it my way. Well, what if God doesn't want your way? I want my way anyway. And that can't be bad. No, it's a terrible sin. It's a terrible sin. It's called pride. You know, Brother Paul pointed out this morning in his sermon 
that when we help others, we help ourselves. I believe that. That's what humility is. We need to get right with God. Doesn't mean get, get, let God get right with us. Doesn't mean get God to choose our way. Doesn't mean select a God in a way that we like. It means we need to get right. We need to align ourselves with God, whatever that is. Not God, here I am. If you want me, come and get me. Doesn't work. Just one passage you'll recognize. And he went away sorrowful, for he had great riches. Oh, come back, sir. Come, come. We need you. Come back. You're a good leader. You've got money. Jesus did not align himself with the rich young ruler. The rich young ruler did not align himself with Jesus. How sad. You know what we call the five steps into salvation. I believe in the five steps, by the way. A little bit different than we might have presented on a chart. We hear, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized, all those necessary. But that sometimes leaves the impression that we walk off and leave all those. We take all of them with us into the church except baptism. It stays there at the entrance to the church. But we keep on hearing. We keep on believing. We keep on repenting. We keep on confessing. That's how it has to be. Repenting? Where are you? That word is metanoia. That's the Greek word. Easy to understand because meta means change and noia means mind. Metanoia means to change your mind. That's what repentance is. But I don't want to change my mind. I want to be what I want to be. So did Belshazzar. So did David at one time in his life. So did Moses. So did Paul, Saul. But thank God those three changed their mind. Haman never did. Belshazzar never did. No repentance there. But we still have time to repent. If you're in the church, I hope you brought repent. I hope you brought repentance in with you. I hope you brought confession in. I hope you're still willing to say to your fellow workers, "I believe Jesus Christ is God's Son." I hope you still take that book, that mighty book, daily, and hear what God has to say, and build your faith. A poet has said, "Behold, a stranger at the door." He gently knocks, has knocked before. Has waited long, is waiting still. You treat no other friend so ill. Admit him for the human breast, ne'er entertained, so kind a guest. No mortal tongue their joys can tell with whom he condescends to dwell. You're here today, you're not a Christian. Please make a step this way. Confess Christ, 
having repented of your sins, and be baptized into him. If you're here as a member of the church, you don't need to be baptized, but you need to keep on repenting. And sometimes your repentance needs to be publicly confessed. If you brought shame upon the church, if you have degraded the name of Christ, you need to come back humbly and say, God, I cast my pride at your feet. Get rid of it. I don't want it anymore. I'm on my knees to you. If we can assist you, please come while we stand and sing. We hope you have enjoyed this lesson from God's Word. If you would like to continue your study of New Testament Christianity, please send your name and address to World Bible School, West Huntsville Church of Christ, 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest, Huntsville, Alabama, 35806. Or if you prefer, send your name and address by email to wbs at westhuntsville.org.